I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internal, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at anna_the_spiritual_midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I have some exciting news for you. Finally, after almost two years and eight seasons, the Natural Birth Podcast has its own Instagram account. Now, I hope that all of you jump straight on to Instagram if you have it and type in the Natural Birth Podcast as one word and find us. For the next month, you will be reliving uh, all the previous seasons and get to kind of get a glimpse from each episode through sound bites, little reels and posts and stories. And I really hope that you'll love it. I have got now a beautiful assistant that is helping me with the podcast. And we really hope that we can deliver some amazing content for you. So if you love the Natural Birth Podcast, then please pop on over to Instagram, find us, just type on in the Natural Birth Podcast and you'll find the Instagram account. And I hope that you will love the content that we will be sharing. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Tanya. Tanya is a mum of two from London, UK. She is an early years teacher with an interest in finding ways in which nature can more fully be a part of children's lives. And this uncovering of nature's power to educate and strengthen our children helped inspire her to seek nature's power in the birthing space too. She planned a home birth for her first birth, 
but ended up transferring to hospital as her labor stalled. Something that we found out together when we were working through her birth trauma from her first birth in a one-on-one session was due to the shifting of midwives and the feeling of anxiety and unsafety created by that new birth team that stepped into her home. For her second birth, Tanya reflected more deeply on what her personal needs were, worked through her birth trauma and fears with me, and communicated her needs with her birth team, optimized her birth space, and had the tools that she needed in order to meet birth from an empowered state. She ended up having the most beautiful, empowering, natural home birth, And this is the story we will focus on in this episode. She hopes that her story can inspire others to find what makes them feel safe, held and secure when preparing for their own precious birth experience. Hi, Tanya, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Thank you. Yes, really good. Thank you. Um, Baby is about four weeks old, so we're just, yeah, learning the ropes and (laughs) getting back into the flow of things. Wow. I'm doing really well. Thank you. So lovely. And it's so lovely to see your face. Um, for all the listeners, <laughs> I actually got the privilege of meeting Tanya maybe about two months ago or something, right? Isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just as you were preparing for this, your second birth. And uh, yes. yes, I'm just so overjoyed that you had an empowering, beautiful, positive story now to yeah. share with us. And yes, I don't know anything except that you had your baby and that it was a positive experience. And yes, I just, um, I can't wait to hear everything. I'm so excited to see you. Um, and yay, let's just dive on in, hey? Um, but before yes, we start with your first, yeah, before we start with your, your, or your, I mean your second, this, you know, that was just four weeks yeah. ago, you do have a first birth that you did experience um, as a bit traumatic and we work yeah. through that you and I, and you've done a lot of work within yes. yourself. And, but I know there's so much wisdom for you to share with mamas who might, you know, they might have experienced a traumatic birth and it can be just, you know, to listen to you about your wisdom might spiral something in them to heal and, and figure out, you know, uh, what their wisdoms were in that experience or what they take sure. away as gems and, and from first time mamas as well to, to, you know, to hear about these stories too from the wisdom aspect of it and and how you also um could heal through it or you know gain that wisdom as well because it's a process obviously it's not something we just do um but yeah yeah so please share with us a little bit about you know your first birth uh, the wisdom the healing process all of that that can really assist other women as well Absolutely. Great. Yeah, I I definitely feel like both births contribute to the story for sure. Um, The first birth that I had with my son, uh, Luca, he's he's three now. He just turned three two days after um, our second was born, Chaya. So (laughs) yeah, we've got um, an almost exact three year gap between them. Um, And yeah, I, I feel like the first birth 
I I planned a home birth the first time um, and wanted to set up everything in a very similar way to the way I did the second time too. Um, And it it did turn into a long, a long labour and one that kind of escalated and went down the road of intervention a little bit in the end. Um, But I do still feel like the first birth taught me a lot about my body and about myself um and it's there were parts of it that were really empowering um it was it was quite a a long process at home and I managed to stay at home for a very long time and and ultimately labor at home um I yeah so I loved that part of 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 my first child's birth at birth and it really brought to me a sense of um what your body can achieve and accomplish um and it was just unfortunate that there was a little turn um in my baby's head <laughs> sort of like by a real fractional amount um but still enough to perhaps change the direction and the final birthing moment did end up in hospital um and I think after that it was it was sort of like a, a double story I found I had a story of actually birthing and labor laboring at home and I felt like I did everything um that I I hoped to do in terms of um, easing, easing the pain and the contractions, the surges, and and how I managed that, um, and then something physiological that in the end um, just wasn't quite um, in the right place, <laughs> um, and my body was very tired. I think as well. I think I think that session with you, Anna, that we had um, just before the arrival of my second, really helped me to look back. And to see how important a role oxytocin plays in the whole journey. I felt that the the first birth, um, my oxytocin levels were clearly quite high for a long period of time. And then there was a shift. And it's it's always difficult to know exactly what that shift was. (laughs) Um, But I found that the the shift contributed to a slowing and surges a slowing down which never got back and never got going again yeah and And for for the women listening I also think it's really important because I remember from our story you know when we worked together that it was also that shift in new people coming into your home space right and I speak to this so often and I think it's just so important for everyone to know that it wasn't just nothing like it was new people coming into your birth space Mm. and Mm. creating unsafety in you which is then a really natural response is actually to kind of you know for your progress to be stopped or delayed or you know it it does really influence and I think that was one of the key things we really found together is that it wasn't actually you it wasn't your body not doing it it was the circumstances around you right they're really absolutely absolutely yeah I found that obviously because um, I was laboring for such a long time there were shifts in in the team so I had um one midwife who then um handed over to somebody else who and then at that point they did actually get a second second midwife to come because they thought it's happening and Mm. we're so close we're about we're about to see birth um 
And I don't know whether that shift just resulted in a little bit of, it, it could have been just that I, my body was relaxing, taking a break, like we discussed, mm. but then the anxiety of, of the fact that the surges had slowed yeah. suddenly um, created anxiety in me. And I, I felt that it wasn't um, obvious anxiety. I kind of tried, I tried to tell my mind I'm calm and everything, but it was just that niggling in the back of my mind, which probably played a part in, um, in actually feeling a little bit unsure of the territory yeah. and who was holding that birth space for me. Mm-hmm. Was I doing it? Was, was somebody else trying to do it for me? Um, what, which direction was this going in? And that, that uncertainty, um, yeah, it definitely played a part um, in eventually I was transferred to to hospital um, when I, I think I felt like I I couldn't hold that birth space for myself and and we didn't feel completely armed with all the information mm. to make the, the decision to stay at home. Um, and I felt like my exhaustion levels had <laughs> hit a new high at that point. So mm. um we did we did end up transferring and I have to say once I was in hospital you know in in terms of there was a lot of intervention but you know I think even then it was a matter of just really highlighting what had happened at home that was my gem from that labor and it took me a while to get there after birth I, I, I focused on that end bit, which actually was only a couple of hours in hospital compared to about 30 mm-hmm. or so hours at home laboring. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, when I look back, I think those 30 hours at home were, were beautiful in, mm-hmm. in themselves. So, um, yeah, that's how I see it now. But obviously it's, it's a journey then the second time. Um, and it's, it does impact your your outlook a little bit <laughs> when it comes to the second time and the second pregnancy, and you don't want to make too um, too much of a plan, but then you want to make a plan because you mm. want to be armed with everything you need. So it was quite an interesting balance emotionally um, as to how I approached the second birth. Um, but obviously with your help as well, I, I really felt like it was at the end of pregnancy that I sort of turned a corner um, in my mindset. I think I had a busy time, busy pregnancies often, <laughs> often when it's second time, you've got your toddler, you're running around after and think, oh, well, this baby will just arrive and <laughs> I might not have planned anything by the, by the time that happens. Um, but I was probably quite far on in my third trimester when I suddenly just got this sense of, hold on a minute, I need to step back. And I, I want to, I want to really strengthen up my thought patterns um, and, and have some ideas and preparations made um, for the different scenarios that could be um, take place. So I think I, yeah, I think I really benefited from those last few weeks of pregnancy it felt a little bit last minute but then I almost felt like perhaps that's when my body and my mind was ready to think about it (laughs) it was at that last stretch yeah absolutely yeah yeah definitely um and I spoke to my midwives and obviously it was um quite a strange context um in terms of here in the UK with 
Omicron and the outbreak of um, of, of COVID, and in the COVID context, things are are different. Um, home births are more popular over here at the moment. So the team was they were very busy. They had a lot of home births to get to that month. Lots of people wanted to be on the, the home birthing team as opposed to the hospital births or the even the birthing centres um, that are nearby. So I think I you, you know I thought. Oh dear, this has suddenly happened two weeks before I'm due. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to have a midwife here. Um, I, I mean, free birthing did go through my mind. I thought mm. perhaps I'm I'm just gonna go for it. <laughs> um, but I was on the the team's books and you know I had got to know some of the midwives in that process. And um I I, I do feel very blessed in the end that. It was okay, and I, when I went into labour, there was there were um, some lovely, very very supportive midwives on call that night. Um, so sometimes you feel like you just um, just have to trust that something will carry out the way it needs to. Um, and yeah, I felt very sort of like everything was lined up. It all happened at the right time in the end, mm. um, but it did cause a little bit of concern. At the, um, and that last stretch when everybody suddenly went into isolation and short staffing and things like that to consider. Um, but I really felt like, it, yeah, it, it all happened at the right time. <laughs> Beautiful. And um, most of the time it does, you know, life yes. really does align. It's like that, you know, mm. um, for me being on call for births, you know, so far um, it's all worked out fine you know um yeah that for some reason babies are born the way they're supposed to be born you know with the right people around them um absolutely yeah there's there's a destiny for each one of them I think yeah (laughs) yeah all right well that's so beautiful to hear so let's dive on in then to to the second birth so did you have any early signs of labor approaching for you I think um, for a lot of my pregnancy and actually the last patch, I did have quite um, a lot of pressure, um, lower pressure. So, and in the pelvis, I felt that um, baby's head was very, very low. She was quite low for a long, long time, actually, before she was born. Um, (laughs) So I'd had those sensations probably for a good four weeks um, before. Um, So it did make it a little bit confusing when it came to that feeling of pressure. And is that different from the baby being low or is that actually the baby getting ready to come? Um, So I think there's a combination of the two going on there. She was obviously preparing herself for a little while. Um, And yes, I think, I think by the end, I, I didn't have any physical signs as such um, in the days preceding, but I had just a sort of an inkling I think I'd call it that I was ready and that she was ready um and I wasn't actually um hadn't reached my due date yet um so I mean due dates are very flexible things anyway (laughs) Um, (laughs) um so I was um sort of she came nine days ahead of the 40 week um due date so 
even then I thought, I, I think I'm ready. And I was saying to friends and I was getting, it was obviously Christmas time. So I was preparing gifts for people and, and sending things off in the post. And I was thinking, I need to get everything in the post because I just, I feel like I'm going to have a baby quite soon after and <laughs> just need everything some signed off sort of thing. Um, and it, it did happen that way in the end. It, I just felt, um, yeah, like I knew that she was going to arrive a little bit early. Um, and yeah, I think it was, it was more of a sense, a spiritual thing as opposed to necessarily a physical mm. thing. Um, but on the day itself, it was, it was the day after Boxing Day, actually. So we'd had, we'd had Christmas and a few, um, a few little lovely meals and, and all those festivities. And then we were just at home, um, my husband and, and, and Luca, my young, uh, older son. And we just thought, oh, okay, so we'll just chill out today. And I decided to do some Pilates that morning. And I was, um, just doing some, uh, a course that was pregnancy related, but also pre preparatory for pregnancy. So it was very sort of focused on opening the pelvis and, um, all those kind of movements, which, um, I now look back and I think, oh, how I, I must've maybe sort of help something along there by doing a few of those movements yeah, I think <laughs> and so. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. um, and I was sort of just doing it thinking oh this will be great I'll use this when I'm in labor maybe but actually looking back that may have instigated something too and just sort of helped baby move down even more mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think I, I spent a couple of hours just um, my husband took Luca and they they had a sort of a, a walk outside and um, a quiet Christmas time. And I just spent a couple of hours just thinking about birth. And it was almost like my body was telling me this, I'm just, I'm just getting you ready for something. <laughs> um, and we went for a really beautiful walk that afternoon. And um, I had a hot chocolate and I felt very content that afternoon. I felt this kind of peace within me. Um, and I did joke, we climbed up quite a hill with our little one and he was on his balance bike. And I did joke to my husband, I thought, oh, I think this might send me into labour, Alex. And he, we sort of giggled and thought, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll see. And yes, so it did. <laughs> that that um, evening, uh, I just started feeling, well, actually my mum came over for a cup of tea Um and we were sat having a little bit of a cup of tea around the table. And, and I suddenly got this really strong sensation um, in the pelvis. And I just thought, oh, it's just her head shifting and moving. But it was quite a strong sensation. And my mum looked at me from across the table and she thought, okay, um, the, the look on your face <laughs> seems to be a bit different from from before um anyway we just got on with the with the with the, the evening and I said bye she left and and the plan was that um, my mum would be here to basically be around to look after Luca to see how things happen we were quite flexible in terms of whether she would actually be here with me whilst I was laboring um but yeah we would just go with the flow and she left and she said well I don't know when we'll see you next I thought well um it might be tonight actually but anyway we'll see <laughs> so she went home drove home and um 
And yes, not long after, probably about an hour after she had left, I suddenly started getting slight lower back pain and um, a little bit of a sensation around the front as well. And I thought, okay, right, we'll see. And we tried to eat some some food, um, but I just, I didn't feel very hungry for some reason. And I was surprised by that. I thought perhaps my body would say, right, you need to fuel up. But I think perhaps it was more that I was sort of so anticipating something that I couldn't think about food almost. <laughs> I was I can't, I just can't eat this, I said. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we just kind of kept an eye on it and Luca went to bed. And then it just started every 10 minutes, really. I just kept checking my phone and the time, looking at the clock. And I was like, oh, this seems to be a pattern. Um, and I still didn't quite believe it. I don't know whether there's something <laughs> that when you go into that mode and you sort of know deep down that this is this is happening. I still, in my sort of other <laughs> side of my mind, I thought, oh no, no, it's just um, it's just Braxton Hicks or yeah. something. Just yeah, building up. It's fine. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> whether I sort of yeah was a bit nervous and all those feelings come flooding in. Yeah. Um, but I'd read that perhaps sometimes a, a warm bath can actually slow things back down if perhaps it's Braxton Hicks that they would just fade away with a warm bath or yeah. something like that mm-hmm. um so I um I did take a bath at that point um and they just carried on <laughs> um they carried on and on that's a beautiful thing because um, I love that because a lot of people ask me when should I you know can I still have a bath early in the labor process or mm. shouldn't I should I just wait until it's like you know I'm close to birth and what I usually say there is just follow your intuition because it's just like you say mm. if you have a bath early either that relaxation will slow everything down if it's not really yeah. time or it can actually do the opposite I've had women who've mm. you know been in early labor and had a bath and an hour later they've opened two centimeters more and you know they're all of a sudden cranking right so it can actually it can go both ways and so I would never say to somebody don't if your intuition is telling you this is helpful then do that you know and anytime during really the labor process it's just it's just good to know that it can potentially slow it down but then you just get out you know no harm no foul you just you know Yeah. yeah Yeah, 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 it's so true. And I think, yeah, it's just following what what your body it sends messages to you and to your mind and you just sense what you need and it might yeah. be different from somebody else. And I think that's what's so magical about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um it, I mean it was it was relaxing, which was good. Um, but I, I do remember sort of I was kneeling in the bath because I kind of felt it almost uncomfortable to really relax into it. Mm. And I just turned to my husband and I had, I did burst into tears and they were tears of, of joy and tears of, Oh, this is happening and shock and, um, and all those things. But, um, he was, he was amazing. He just kind of said, I know you can do this. And it was almost like he got that glow of excitement. And when he saw that, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> and we finally called my mom and she came over and, and everything sort of, I feel like, and this happened in my first birth as well. I felt like at that point, once you know, and your body and your mind truly acknowledges that you're entering that 
that labor process, you suddenly it becomes a little bit blurry. It becomes a little mm. bit less. Um, I can't pinpoint moments quite as easily as I could leading up and during the day leading up to it starting. Suddenly everything's a blur, <laughs> but a, a wonderful blur. It's quite mm. a nice, um, a nice thing, really. Um, but I did, I did get out of the bath and then and just sort of kept on following sort of my instincts but I again it was so blurry I found myself sort of brushing my teeth and sort of as if I was getting ready for bed and I was like I just need to brush my teeth and then sort of like having a surge in the middle of brushing my teeth oh, I don't think I can do a full toothbrush right now <laughs> um sort of up and down the stairs a little bit and then I think I settled we we had planned um to be up on the sort of um in the extension up where I am now but um with the birth pool um, in our bedroom, which is slightly different from what I had planned the first time, which um, we had had the birth pool downstairs um, in our living room. But obviously in our house, the living room, the, the door comes, the front door comes straight into that space. And I planned it differently this time because I thought actually, you know, people coming into that space, midwives arriving, mm. anyone knocking on the door by accident or any sort of outdoor noise was mm. a slight distraction and it was less of a cosy private space. Um, so I, I really think that helped. And, and I was drawn up here um, the minute I knew I was, I was really in labor. Mm. I was, I was in here laboring and, um, and we we called um we called Katie our midwife and um she came around pretty quickly and found me sort of um at the end of the bed. I was sort of leant over my arms on um, on the end of the bed and just kneeling into it and trying to rest in between and and all the things Beautiful. that you just follow. Um and they I think I was doing a lot of like hands and knees as well, my and and sort of bending into sort of a squad and then forward again and back and forward and just yeah different different positions and as Katie arrived the midwife she 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 looked at one, one sort of surge I was having and she said okay I think we've got some time and by this time I, I think my uh sort of initial surges had started around 7 30 8 o'clock that evening and we were at about 11 p.m now mm. um and then the second surge she saw me have suddenly changed it was it, the the noises that I made had changed and she suddenly went okay hold on no maybe not <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, I think we might be building up here so she called for the second midwife and um, Bethan and they um yeah basically then made the judgment that hey, perhaps baby would be here in the next hour so I suddenly oh okay oh. right I don't I'm not sure we're going to get the birthing pool full by that stage um but anyway I just focused on what I was doing and my husband was running in between helping me through the surges and then filling the birthing pool. <laughs> Poor thing was like a yo-yo. Um, and yeah, but he really did these wonderful sort of lower back um, squeezes, um, and which really, really supported mm. with that, um, that sensation, really. It was like a real quite deep pressure he applied there. 
um, we did have like a TENS machine and things like that, but we just never got around to it really. It was all happening quite quickly. Um, so we just actually, he, he did that instead. We, did, we didn't use the machine. <laughs> he just used his hands. Um, yeah, I was speaking Which to... was amazing. I was speaking to somebody about this just last week, actually about the tens machine. They decided to use that mm. in their labor, and and it's really important yeah. to start early if you're ever going to use it. Yes, like you have to just be like in the beginning of your labor because otherwise you get in, if you get into too late, it just doesn't work. You kind of have to build yes. with the with the contractions with the sensations as they are yeah. so mild, and then just increase the tens machine. So yeah, mm. that was out of the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by then absolutely <laughs> we didn't even think of it <laughs> yeah um yeah it was really really helpful having um a few different things from what I had had in the first birth um, and yeah just just in terms of like following instincts and and using what we had available to us without having to set anything up hugely was was great and that is often a birthing partner can do all of the things they need to just using their hands and their bodies as well and their words as well um and actually one of the things um that we talked about Anna and I remember the meditation we did together where you spoke about a crystal waterfall um I I absolutely loved that imagery because I felt like it almost sent sent like a, a surge of pain relief um it threw my body and like a tingling sensation which essentially is what a TENS machine does but um <laughs> coming from our, ourselves which is incredible yeah. um, and I, I had said to my husband please can you remind me of the crystal waterfall <laughs> yeah crystal clear waters and that sort of um healing power of water essentially mm-hmm. and so he did he kept telling me these few things that I had said these are the things that really resonate with me yeah. and my mind these messages um and a few of the sort of hypnobirthing messages as well which um that really helped me and I guess um, certain ones would help one person differently from another totally Um, and this is what I love how you've already spoken to your partner about these these are the few things I would like you to say Mm. like this is the wording because we're all different there too you know the way he says things might be different from how you would want him to say it so you just say to me this kind of thing if you say this this is how I feel and this opens me and yeah I had previous mamas yes. the same you know because we know mm. what wording and what messaging really works for us definitely yeah because words have so much power don't they and mm. how they can make us feel but we all have different preferences and yeah. understanding of them yeah absolutely um Do you want a natural birth, mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready, body, mind and soul? 
do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. Yeah, and I think we, that continues. Essentially, we managed to get the the pool full and warm enough and everything. Um, and I did get into the water uh, for quite a while, actually. So the the prediction that the baby would be here was slightly different in the end. Um, and I went into the pool, and the the surges were just very, very powerful. I don't recall them ever really reaching that level in my first birth. Um, there was a difference to them, which um, it almost felt like otherworldly. I felt like this is impossible to feel this. I've, I've never quite imagined or you can't even begin to imagine that sensation. And there was a, there were times where they were incredibly powerful and I returned to the midwives and there was a slight sort of question in me. I thought, I, I, what's happening? You know, this is, it was almost like the transition stage was being extended a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were, I, I did reach that point where I thought, I can't, I can't keep going. I can't keep going. Um, and obviously the, the midwives responded like, yes, you can. Absolutely. We are going through this. And um they were just so respectful. I think that's what one point I wanted to communicate was how amazingly understanding they were of the fact that I had I'd asked not to be um, examined or um, unless it was really something I wanted or I, I, I asked for, um, and they just they just sat back and they were there with me, but very much just a really calm and gentle presence where. I could turn to them and ask them something if I needed it. But other than that, they weren't, they weren't interrupting. They didn't keep saying things to me when I was in the middle of a, of a surge or an, anything like that. I found they were just such an incredible presence to have. And I really think that made the hugest difference. And to the point where when I did turn to them and I said, this seems to be going on and on, you know, and they did keep checking for a head. Oh, no, no, no head yet. But they didn't say that. But I knew that they were they were looking with the mirror and the torch mm. and the water and they were checking. And I knew from my first birth, I remember that process of checking just to see mm. is anything happening here, because I was obviously showing signs of bearing down a certain level of a surge that was quite nearing me arriving at the end of uh, of the process and perhaps coming towards crowning mm. um yet it, it kind of just didn't happen and that that was okay I mean the midwives were so calm about it and I think that's where my I did have a slight moment mm. where I thought oh goodness what's happening? Why is it not? Why is it not happening? Why is the, the head not appearing? Um, 
And that it was going on to a point where I, I wasn't necessarily pushing, but the power of the surges were so strong that it felt like a push that I wasn't even controlling. It was like a, a sensation um, that ha- were, were kept going for a good sort of two hours, I'd say. Um, so it was quite extended compared to um, what had initially been sort of thought of <laughs> when um, the surges had stepped up. Um, so I kept going and going and um, the midwives, they, they both just said, because I, I had a moment of doubt, they said, no, absolutely. They said, mm. by everything we can see, and we're looking at you, we know you are fully dilated mm. and this baby is on its way, mm. but this baby's just working something out and making mm. you work a little bit harder. Mm. So I thought, okay, okay, okay. I could, I'll keep going then. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I had a choice, but I kept going. What um, a beautiful and then kind of reassuring presence they were compared yes. to that that yes. first birth at that time where it was kind of the opposite yeah. you really didn't feel that support and kind of that trust as mm. well from yeah around you yeah so I'm absolutely pleased that you had these beautiful midwives that really were there for you and made you feel safe they really did yeah they they made me feel very safe um yeah and I think at that final point, you know, we tried a few different things. I kind of sat back in the pool um, sort of leaning on the back of the pool, leaning forward into the pool, um, uh, forward into the side of the pool and, and all sorts of positions, but nothing quite, quite opened me enough, perhaps. I, I think it was, and I think that's why I feel like I know my body so much more now because um I guess everybody's slightly different in the position they need for birthing. Oh, and I think yeah. that's what I, I learned. Um, there's no one way <laughs> to birth. Um, which, and and as, as I was going through this, I was thinking, okay, well, I've, I've seen that women birth sort of sitting back quite relaxed in the pool and the water helps them, but it just, it wasn't working that way for me. So I thought, okay, maybe that's, that's what I need here is a change. Um, and, you know, I, I really did want to be in the water for that relaxing sensation and all the benefits of a water birth. Um, but at, at, at that point, I thought, yeah, I think my body's sensing a change and a need for a change. So um, and actually the midwives suggested that I go to the toilet. So, OK, brilliant. We clambered out of the pool in mm-hmm. between a surge. I didn't I didn't have long between them. They were coming quite thick and fast, um, but we managed it um, sort of down a couple of steps into the bathroom and they were really amazing. They, they just stepped back and they let me and my husband stay in there on our own. Um, and I had a surge as I was sat in the toilet and I thought, okay, that feels a little bit different, that surge. I don't know what, but it felt like a slightly more burning sensation. Mm. Um, and I thought, okay, so I did, I, I reached down and I thought, okay, let's just see. And I could feel her head. And at that moment I thought, oh, that's totally just opened my yeah. pelvis in the right way. 
something just needed yeah. to shift. Um, totally. I love the and, toilet. I This is a trick that is definitely yes. in, the, in the home birth <laughs> midwife's toolkit. I, you know, yeah. almost all births I attend, <laughs> in the end, I'm like, hey, you want to go to the toilet? Because <laughs> yes. it's, it's brilliant. It just, it just makes you yeah. relax the right muscles. It makes you open. It makes totally. you, it's so good because this is the muscles you need yes. to relax in. It's as if you're going to go and have the biggest poo of your life. So it's, it's right. I recognize that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfect. It was perfect. And it's quite funny because you think, okay, um, toilet, is this where I want to be? But then in a sort of funny sort of contrast, my husband looked through our blinds and it was a very beautiful moment, but it was quite funny coming from the fact that I was sort of sat on the loo at the same time. (laughs) But he looked through the blinds and he saw this amazing glow. And he, our, our youngest, our elder son, sorry, um, is so, he absolutely adores the moon. And he had been talking about the moon for weeks before um, our baby girl Chaya was born. And he was just, he loved the moon every night he'd go looking for it. And um, my husband lifted up the blinds and there was the most beautiful crescent moon just glowing through and the light was so strong it just shone into our bathroom and I thought oh my goodness and I was sort of and then the next surge came and I thought I sat on the loo looking at this beautiful crescent moon <laughs> a funny contrast my baby's head's coming <laughs> but it was like incredible at the same time so um and then I think I, then I had another surge. We didn't rush necessarily to shout or say anything to the midwives. So I just thought, let's just have another surge on the loo. And then, yeah, I, I was definitely feeling the head. So Alex went off and said, I think, I think baby's coming. And Katie rushed in. She went, yep, yep. And there was a big sort of excited sort of cry. And we all sort of, right, what are we going to do next? And she said, you know, if you want to stay here, I will catch this baby. Don't you worry. (laughs) Your baby will not go into the toilet. But I thought, hold on, (laughs) maybe we could go somewhere with a sort of cushioned floor. So I thought, let's, let's get to the bedroom. So, So we made it into the bedroom and, um, uh, yeah, I ended up sort of standing at the end of the bed and as her head was coming um, and my knees slightly bent um, and I just felt this, this pull of gravity literally and I just found that that's what my body needed. It just needed that extra bit of gravity um, to help and, and essentially she, she, she started coming and she, she kind of popped back up a few times so that was quite a funny sensation but she she was coming and <laughs> she was we were all sort of giggling and by that point the the intensity and the power of the surges just kind of drifted away and sort of I was left with this piece as as she was she was coming and I found that that sensation of her coming was like it wasn't unpleasurable it wasn't um it wasn't as kind of intense as I thought that bit would be. Um, And as she came, eventually her head came out and there was a big sort of, the midwife suddenly went, okay, that's why. And there was an explanation for the perhaps prolonged transition period Mm. or later stage labour that I'd been in because her hand um had was up by her face so she was um 
in a in a sort of funky position um and that really did explain a lot in terms of she was obviously working very hard to turn and to position herself because she just had that extra little bit um with her hand up by her sort of cheek her chin Um, so yeah I think there was a huge relief once once we knew that that it made so much sense um and uh she did then her head came and there was still another delay obviously because she was trying to turn her shoulders so it was a good five minutes um of her head being out but I think that was again it was an incredible wait because you think she's she's nearly here but she's not quite she's still in there and it's like a magical in between between being birthed and Mm. still still not yet (laughs) and and you know this is so important as well information for women you know that once the head Mm. is out you know there can still be one or two maybe even three contractions you know before the whole body's birthed and especially when we have what's called a compounding hand or like you know a hand by the face or a little you know a little fist You know, that's obviously, yeah, definitely going to take more time to open for because that is more than what just the head is. Yes. So totally normal. And, you know, as midwives, we can see that there is progress, even if it's like small progress, you know, um, just a little bit of a turning or a little bit of, you know, shift happening. And so those things are reassuring when the baby's head is out to still let that take time for the baby to rotate and do its thing. Absolutely. Yeah. She was working something out and I I will always remember that, that five minutes of waiting. (laughs) It was just like this sort of limbo but in a in a really amazing way sort of like an in-between moment that was quite special as we went yes absolutely yeah yeah amazing um and yeah she 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 came I think the last the shoulders were taking a little bit longer so um the midwife recommended um why don't you just climb up onto the bed um, and get into hands and knees yeah. and the minute <laughs> the minute I sort of lifted most of my body onto the bed she just shot out so. yeah see this is um, it but, you know sometimes you just yeah. shift a little bit your position just opening yes. somehow wiggling your hips opening your legs a little bit you know um that's yeah. the trick yeah yeah it was amazing yeah so yeah incredible it's it's such a small difference but it can make all the difference I suppose um in that those final stretches yeah um so yeah and she sort of the the midwife was so amazing in terms of she obviously knew that I would want to have her with me as soon as I could instead of you know her catching and then passing her to me as such so um she she sort of helped <laughs> direct the baby because she was kind of coming at a certain angle she sort of caught her and she rolled a little bit onto the bed and mm. and sort of didn't pass her to me as such but helped me take yeah. her um in my arms for that first moment so yeah it was it was beautiful and I I did have a little bit of a wait we had um we we did the delayed cord clamping um or optimal 
cord clamping, should you say. So we waited for the umbilical cord to stop pulsating. Um, so it was quite a long wait, which was amazing, really. I think um, I think it was about 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes. And wow. um, the placenta, yeah, it was a long one. Yeah, that is we a long just one. Really, but yeah. it's also so important, again, like this is information that just is not really shared mm. with people, right? That, yes. Because in yeah. hospital and even at home, if you don't yeah. actually specific, uh, specify these, the practice is to cut and clamp. Delayed cord clamping yeah. is just a minute. Yes. Yeah. What? You know, a yeah. minute? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if the, if the pulsation is happening, the placenta is still attached. It doesn't matter if you wait a minute yeah. or not. It's still going to be the yeah. same blood flow. So that's so absolutely. Like, so for you, it's yeah. forty-five to fifty minutes before yeah. that happens. So yeah. it just shows you, just shows yeah. you that yeah. wait for white, wait for the stop of the pulsation. That should be what yeah. supposedly is called delayed cord clamping. You know, yes, and there's no rush real. to cut. You know, to cut the cord. There's an absolutely no yes. reason to do that. No. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I found it was amazing because it, it really was letting my body and, and the situation just take its natural course completely. Um, and I suppose it would be a different length depending on, uh, on the birth you're at, you know, some women's cord would stop sooner than that, but mine went on longer, but that's so individualized in terms of um, yeah. the time the timing I, oh absolutely yeah. I've been at home births or just births where where the placenta detaches almost immediately and the pulsation mm. stops just after actually just a couple of minutes a few minutes you know yeah uh, which yeah. you go like yeah. oh my god that's so quick and like and then some people yeah. are like you right so yeah there's yes, such a variation absolutely. of normal and I think mm. that we need to really start understanding that we all you know, we're all so different and there's not one way fits all ever. No, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what I definitely learned in terms of what my body um, needed mm. and yet how different that might be for someone else. And it, it it's amazing how unique we all are really. Um, and, and there was a bit of a delay with the placenta after that. Um, but with the help of of the midwife, um, eventually I did have the injection because they were slightly worried about my blood loss from the first birth, um, and just in terms of of the weight. But originally, I was being advised to have the injection before baby had even been born, yeah. um, as soon as the head was out. But this time, you know, it was very much, we discussed it, we tried different positions and for some reason the placenta was just very well attached. <laughs> and, um, it just needed a little bit more. Um, and actually the injection didn't really do what um, they expected it to. It didn't suddenly lead to this huge surge that just got it out straight mm. away it's still there was still a bit of a wait so mm. um but the midwife's you know pulsated uh, could feel um and and could see that there was contraction happening mm. where the placenta was attached and she was just like mm. this is just taking its time then the, actually the, the the thing that actually helped the most was when um one of the midwives just massaged my tummy told me to do horse lips breathing mm. so I just and then placenta came and it was all fine and all intact and everything so 
yeah, I just, I, I found it was, it was a matter of just waiting for my body to do what it needed to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and again, that yeah. there's not one way fits all, you know, and it's just to mm. look at the woman holistically, just because it's been an hour yeah. or more doesn't mean that there's all of a sudden yeah. any danger. Like if you're not bleeding a lot, if you're not feeling yeah. unwell, then you're fine, you know, and, yeah, and that absolutely. was a pretty quick birth. Wasn't it? How many hours from the first contraction? um, It will have been eight, I think. Yes, eight, eight, despite the delayed transition. Um, So that my 7.30 in the evening and then she was born at 3.37. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you didn't go into Mm. like, you know, I would say, you know, that was early labor as well, you know. And yes, first time around you were 30 or more. Yeah, from the yeah, first from, action, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that really, yeah. yeah, that really shows you as well, you know, how the work you did leading up to your second, the beautiful team you mm. had um, yes. really made a difference in supporting Hugely. you to feel safe. Yeah. Hugely, yeah. And there was just an atmosphere of, of um, calm. And, and actually one of the things we, we laughed quite a lot, uh, uh, even when things hadn't happened yet and we were waiting mm. for the placenta and there was a little bit of, Oh, is the placenta coming? But they, their presence made me feel at ease and we were all mm. giggling through it and it was all, it was all fine. And, mm. you know, there was, there wasn't worry. And, and I think the thought did go through their mind of, we can't get the placenta out, you know, might have to go to hospital to help Mm. with that, but it wasn't mentioned until afterwards. And, you know, they said, I'm glad we didn't have to do that. That was great. But, Mm. um, you know, I think I still needed the oxytocin to help the placenta Mm. delivery. Um, and obviously they were aware of that and, mm. and helped keep the oxytocin levels as high as they could as well. So, mm. yeah. And obviously all that time, my little girl, Chaya, she was, she was trying to feed and she was sort of climbing up my tummy, helping. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's so much that's going on at that time. Um, yeah. that's just all so natural and instinctive for both baby and mother. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think it was magical, really. <laughs> oh, it makes me just so, so happy to hear your birth story. <laughs> and yeah, it made me so happy to receive your message when you did have that birth. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to hear your story. <laughs> so pleased to yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. It really does. <laughs> so if yeah. you had a first time mama in front of you right now, is about to have her mm. first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering positive mm. birth experience what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her knowing what you know now <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely yeah I mean there is so much I've taken from this second experience um that that actually from that I learned from the first birth as well um and is relevant to that too even though it didn't necessarily go to the plan that I had in my mind I still experienced that the first time and I feel like there are lots of little pearls of wisdom I think um but one of uh, one of the biggest things was was essentially feeling like it was a precious and protected space um, to birth within and building that 
and and I think sometimes it does t- require a bit of preparation and and thinking through ahead of time. Um, it doesn't take much because I mean the second time I only started really preparing that that birthing mentality only a couple of weeks before I was due. But actually, that's that's when you're ready to really enter that that thinking. So I think even if you're earlier on in your pregnancy or later on, it's never too late to never, say, this no. is what I'd like. Um, and I think just making sure that whoever's birth, your birthing partner or whoever's there with you um, is aware of, of protecting that space for you if you need them to, mm-hmm. um, aware of, um, like we were talking about earlier, the messages that are going to empower you through the process. Um, I found the crystal waterfall um, one of the things that I really held on to. And I think because of the intensity of my surges um, due to her her position, um, I think looking back, I think one of the things was the power behind your body and imagining that power. Um, sometimes I felt like I was sort of having an experience which was connected me to, to sort of something otherworldly some sort of from the heavens kind of sensation and that to me I I look back now and I think that was power it wasn't pain it wasn't discomfort it wasn't it was it's a word that almost we don't have in our vocabulary it's it's it was powerful and empowering at the same time um and yeah I think if if when you can practice that um Sort of mentality of switching the messages in your mind away from the pain, the discomfort, the the, the uneasiness of, mm. of the experience to something that actually is you can't compare it to anything else we experience in our lives. Really, those sensations—it's a sensation that is, yeah, it, it leaves you feeling empowered mm. <laughs> and for the rest of your life. So, mm. I think, yeah, as you're going through your labor being able to see that this is changing you and healing you um and and switching that thought process I found really really helpful massive I really think that you hit on Mm. something there that is so potent and powerful you know the two things you share I would say are the absolute most important it's um Mm. really being wise in who's at your birth you know and um as much as possible if you can Make sure that you have a that you birthing in a place where you feel sacred, safe, protected, mm. where where you can feel mm. fully safe. Then you can also fully be in those those empowered thought patterns where you can meet mm. anything and everything and know that absolutely you know that you you can hold that space because you're also being held yeah. by others around you in that safe yeah. space where you feel fully safe. You can open to the massive force that is truly coming yes. from above through you like a yes. lightning bolt yeah it really is yeah that's how it felt <laughs> like a lightning bolt for sure <laughs> amazing amazing <laughs> yeah thank you so much Tanya for sharing your story I know that it will impact so many women hearing um hearing both of these stories and the wisdom that you yeah. gained and I think, yeah, the big takeaway that I really take is that, you know, you, you really had also f- 
fully got the the belief in your body this time around fully through the process and Mm. you were so well supported through it as well so safely held yeah absolutely that made yeah such a difference to to the process yeah thank you so much for coming and sharing on the podcast oh it's a pleasure absolute pleasure it's so lovely to be able to talk through it um again just yeah really helps (laughs) thank you so much Tanya thank you for listening if you love this podcast then please share it grade it on itunes and leave a comment if you want to connect on social media you can find me on facebook as the spiritual midwife or on instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife Thank you for listening.